Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Welcome aboard Dan Cilio National Football Show. It's Thursday, baby. Start of the fourth week of the National Football League. And my Canes are in action tonight. Watch this. Against UVA. Oh, it's funny, you know, you always hear people talking about, you know, maybe if you do this, maybe if you do that, maybe if, you know, you win this game, everything's lined up for you to go out and win a division crown or to win a coastal division. I saw an article. We've had Manny Navarro on from The Athletic in Miami. He says, well, if the Canes do this, they can win the coastal and get themselves in the ACC championship game, most likely against Clemson, even though Clemson is struggling this year. Hey, let's just go out and play 60 minutes of football tonight. Let's not worry about the next couple weeks. I mean, my God almighty, you've looked like crap all season, and now we're going to sit here and go, well, you know, if you do this and you do that, we got an opportunity to go out and win the Coastal Division. So I'll be watching that thing tonight. Along with two young rookie quarterbacks, man. Well, I call them rookies, even though they're, you know, one of them's in their second year and one's in his rookie season with Trevor Lawrence, with the Jags and Joe Burrow. Because Joe, remember, he got hurt last year. And for the record, I think Joe Burrow would have been on his way to being in the conversation as the NFL Rookie of the Year, along with Justin Herbert, if he had continued to play and didn't get hurt. So Joe kind of like had an abbreviated rookie season. And we'll talk a little bit about those two guys. I think the game's kind of interesting tonight. Urban Meyer, all that, right? The young things that are going on in, in Cincinnati. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. All right. Hey, as I always tell everybody, I appreciate everybody coming aboard. We thank you. Like the guys are lining up right now, we tell you here on the National Football Show, we're interactive. We talk to people in the chat room. You guys bring content. We slip it in. I throw a bunch of things. I've written a couple pages worth of stuff here today. We'll have Jared Bell from USA Today, Hall of Fame voter, and he will join us. That will be, okay, that'll be in a position where, quite frankly, that we're going to have an opportunity to go out there and, and go out there and win. So we're going to be in a position now to sit here and go and have a chance to go out there and win. So, hey, we're going to be right now thinking about, without a doubt, bottom line here, okay? Okay, but without a doubt. Hey, we're going to take a brief time out here, 
Uh, we may be having some issues here with our mic. So let's take a time out here. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Dan Cilio. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. A little bit of technical issues here. We off and running now, so kind of like we'll restart the bad puppy here. And as I was saying to you prior to going to the timeout, if you guys want to bring in anything when it comes to adding to the show, please do it like many of you have. Hater, Dan, caught a YouTube video cooking with Cam Newton. <laughs> if the Eagles, Wick is saying this, if the Eagles signed Deshaun Watson, I'm done. Okay? Have I seen the Rieger post? David, I have not. want to do this, though. So that story has resurfaced about the ownership of the Philadelphia Eagles pushing the button and giving Howie Roseman. I know that this has been reported by John McMullen over the last couple months here. Our very own John McMullen here on Jacob Media does a phenomenal job, too. Is our A guy we go to when it comes to any breaking stories or behind the scenes. But this is rearing its head for a reason. Okay? This is, this is rearing its head for a reason. You know why? The agent 
the attorney, the Eagles, and the Texans. Want this story out along with the Dolphins. Hey, just a week ago, guys, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, said that I want Chris Greer to do whatever it takes, and I'm paraphrasing this, to get Deshaun Watson in a Miami uniform. Okay? So the two teams that are going to be vying for his services that I think that are going to be at the top of the list are going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. Do I think the Denver Broncos could be in the conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? You know, we said a little bit of this yesterday, and we'll do it again here. And by the way, we're going to talk to Jared Bell. That'll be in hour number two. Our Pro Football Hall of Fame voter from USA Today Sports. I'll ask him what his thoughts are on the Eagles pursuing Deshaun Watson. Scott says this, what quarterback will have a better game tonight? Oof. I think Joe Burrow. If I had, hey, watch this. Guys, if you had to pick which guy's career you were throwing money on, would you throw it on Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow? Who would you throw it on? Which quarterback do you see having a better career? Joe Burrow? Or Trevor Lawrence. Something to think about as we move forward here. But are we cool with the Eagles doing this? Are we cool with the Eagles doing this? We're going after. And we're going to pursue Deshaun Watson. I'm so good with that. You know, I was just talking to Xander prior going on the air. This is no, this is no shade on Jalen. Guys, I think you think that I hate Jalen Hurts. I don't. Okay? I don't hate the guy. I just want a better player at the position. What's wrong with saying that? Stop falling in love with these players like that. This is about evaluating, making the tough cut, properly evaluating, and making sure when you're doing things and you're evaluating that position, you get the best player you possibly can. This ain't a buddy show. This ain't, well, you know what? I want my favorite player here, so we're going to give him an opportunity to play here. Like that whole Tim Tebow thing with, you know, Urban Meyer. Why would you bring a guy like that in had no chance of making your football team? I mean, and look, no shade on Tim. Zero shade on Tim, but this is about making your company better. How many times do you guys see companies or even sports teams? They got a guy on the team because you know why? The fans love him. Who cares? Why would I put a guy on my team because the fans love him and it's a roster spot that could help me, especially if I'm light in other roster spots? Okay? I am not a hater. I mean, it's it's not hating. It's upgrading. Is that okay? Smile says, the New York Giants are going to have two top ten first-round picks this upcoming draft. Should they go after Watson? Absolutely. Any team that has commodities like that and multiple draft choices, how don't you go? I'll tell you this, Daniel Jones ain't going to beat Dak Prescott in the NFC East. I think you guys have led us to a great topic. The Eagles cannot win the East with the current situation that they have right now at quarterback. You cannot win the East. Okay? 
Hater says he's a hater. How you doing? <laughs> Tim Tebow is Stephen A. Kryptonite. <laughs> hey, man. Dude, get this. I voted for him for the Heisman, and he's a gator, and I'm a hurricane. I thought Tim was one of the absolutely greatest college football players of all time. But what does that have to do with being an NFL quarterback? It has nothing to do with it. You know, had had zero to do with it. So that story is rearing. And, I, and like I said, I was, tell, I was telling Xander prior to going on here, John's been saying, I know that. But when a story gets regurgitated, something has spawned it to pop back up again. What is that? The Texans want to move the kid. You see, the Houston Texans right now are sitting in purgatory. And what they're doing now, they finally have thrown the lure out to teams. Hey, let's go back and talk about the GOAT here for a minute. There were really only two teams that offered Tom Brady a contract. His market was not big. Because there was nobody in the NFL that believed in a personnel department. That Tom, Don't you think the Eagles, if they saw what Tom Brady was doing, got through for 44 touchdowns last year. If you knew that that guy could throw for 44 touchdowns, wouldn't you want him on your ball team? You know, it's not just Bill Belichick and the Patriots that thought Brady was done. The entire league thought Brady was done. Two teams offered him a contract, the Chargers and the Bucks. He didn't have a big market value. And, and Don Yee, his agent, and Brady and everybody threw it out there. Oh, Tom's ready to go. He's just said nobody. The Raiders kind of kicked the tires. The 49ers had a week of evaluating it. Then they passed. In my opinion, you want to hear this? I think it was Jimmy Garoppolo that Tom Brady said, you're sticking with that fucking guy? That's who I think Brady was talking to because he wanted to go back. He's from the Bay Area. Can you imagine Tom Brady quarterback in the 49ers with that football roster? They'd win the Super Bowl for sure. Or they would have won it last year. So there was no market. So the point is, I think Nick Casario, the general manager of the Texans, has floated this out through numerous channels that, hey, we're now taking calls because according to Jay Glazer as well, and this was just a couple days ago, Jay said they're fielding phone calls now. You don't think Howie Roseman was one of those phone calls when Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the, of the Eagles, green-lighted this thing? He completely green-lighted him to see if they can land that guy because they know they need him if they're going to beat Dak and the Cowboys. Look, it's, it's clear Jalen is not a guy that anybody hates. He's not a player at the end of the day where you do this. Man, I just hate that guy in eagle gear. I, I just hate that guy in eagle gear. That's not what anybody's saying here. I think for – how about this? I would say this to you. I think the Eagle fan base probably embraces Jalen Hurts more than they ever did Carson Wentz. And I'll make this point to you, too. Just like Nick Foles, man. People like blue-collar mentality. I think Tom Brady's got a blue-collar blue mentality. I don't think he runs around like an elitist. Have you ever heard anybody throw shade on Brady that played with him? Like, never. Okay? I mean, right? So, 
Hurts all year? Not if I can get Watson. No way. No, and, and, and by the way, I'm already to the point now where I'm going to start looking at other options, either the draft or free agency, to upgrade my quarterback position. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, this is not who's the most popular person on the football team, who the fans like, Philly specials. Nobody cares about that, okay? Honestly, man, nobody cares about that. I mean, you, you, you get yourself in a position where you do this, man. You're, you start to fall in love. That's right, Ken. Options open. Keep those options open. You got to. You got to keep them open, man. How about Andy Reid potentially is going into Lincoln Financial to get his 100th victory as a Kansas City Chief head coach? Is that not weird? Reid with 100 wins already in Kansas City. Wow. And he's got a Super Bowl and an AFC, two AFC championships. He's been to three straight AFC conference championship games. And he's rolling into the link looking for his 100th victory as a head coach of the Chiefs. That is absolutely wild. Tell you what, man, there's, there, there's got to be a lot of pressure on Nick Sirianni going into this game. Okay? There's got to be. Because I would say this to you. Where, where, where do you think fans are right now, NFL experts are? By the way, there's a lot of storylines all around the league. We're going to get to all of them today. What do you think the fans are more sour on, Jalen or Nick, right now? Take a look at this. Nick is this. I think he's feeling his way. They're playing like some sort of like uh, band at the practice today. I mean, dude, you know, come on. Stop with the Henry High School stuff. Stop with the Henry High School stuff. You're not embracing the Philly guys. Okay. Paul says, I just watched Jason Avant and Michael evaluate Sirianni, and it's bad. Okay, look, this is what I say about Nick. Nick, I don't think he's changed his game plan since the Falcon game. Okay. Three runs, hard to accept. Smile. This is where I'm at with that. Where did you come off in the position where you were like this, you only thought to run the ball outside of your quarterback three times, only with your backs. How do you evaluate that? You have no balance in your attack and how you're going to protect your quarterback or your O-line. Any O-line is going to look awful with only three rushing attempts from your running back position. You know what I mean? Anybody's going to look bad like that. Jalen, I don't know. There's mechanical issues. I'll tell you this. I think Nick right now is under more heat. I do. I think he's under more heat than what we're looking at here with, with Jalen. I think everybody wants to give Jalen the opportunity and the benefit of the doubt. How about this? Jalen right now looks a lot better than Justin Fields in Chicago. Remember what I told you about Justin Fields? I said Justin Fields will never make it in the National Football League, and I'm going to hold to that. You know, some of the things we saw in the exhibition season when he was going against 17th teamers, 
guys that work at Chicago's O'Hare Airport now, he looked good. Last week, he looked terrible. And he looked like it was overwhelming to him. Funny, isn't it? All the rookies that are playing all look bad, and the one that everybody's crowing about is Trey Lance, and he's not playing. And Kyle Shanahan came out and personally said, there is no quarterback controversy in San Francisco. It's Jimmy G's team, and that's the right thing to say. Ken says Nick's not going to last if he keeps this thing up. Got to remember something. This is how he's hired. This is this is uh, the owner's hire. They're not just going to pull the rip. They just fired Doug Peterson and won a Super Bowl. They just won. They just went out and said this. Won people over by firing Dougie. Getting rid of Wentz. This is their boy, man. They've got to make this thing work. Okay? They've got to. We're going to talk more about Chiefs and Eagles on Sunday. But the other game this weekend that everyone's going to be circling on is also the Buccaneers versus Bill Belichick and his New England Patriots. Antonio Brown was activated off the COVID-19 list. You don't think KB wants a piece of Bill, too? You know what's funny? Get this this week. It's been like Bash Belichick week. You know, and, and you know, I found myself yesterday after we left the show yesterday, I found myself bashing the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League. You know, I found myself, and I'm like, how can I do that? Bill Belichick, his legacy is set. You see what the media turds are doing? They're trying to dissect a guy's career. And they're trying to diminish the things that Belichick has done in New England. You can't. You can't do it. You can't take it away from him. He's accomplished it. It was his program. He drafted Brady. Now, he did miss five times on Brady, too. You know, you always throw that into the conversation. If he thought as highly as Tom Brady uh, had turned out with his career, he'd have drafted him in the first round. And unlike that liar that you got people out there, there's so many liars saying, well, I had a first grade Ray, grade on Tom Brady. No, you didn't. Bill Polian goes around telling everybody that they had a first round Grade on Brady. Bill Polian's a liar. He never did that. Paul says Eagles are going one and six. Tell you what, next stretch of games, I told you, was going to tell us a lot about Jalen, Nick, and the organization. Okay, I mean, not only do you have Kansas City, you got the Panthers, you got the Raiders, and you got the Buccaneers. Joey B, appreciate you coming aboard. You don't think AB wants a piece of Bill, too? the way he escorted him out of town after only one game, right? You don't think he wants a little piece of that? You think, I bet you anything Antonio Brown has 100 yards of receiving yards on Sunday because he wants a piece of this too. He and Brady were going to do a lot of magical things, but they didn't want the heat because, remember, the owner had just come off that whole scenario in Florida. And the organization was kind of taking some bumps, right, in the media, especially the owner with the massage parlor. 
and then all the off-the-field issues and how it ended for A.B. in Las Vegas. Okay? I can't wait to see Antonio Brown and Brady go after Belichick. I think it's going to be an absolute blowout. I think it's going to be a a massive blowout. All right. We're going to take a timeout here. Um, Richard Sherman's with the Bucs. Really, go figure. Eagles and Chiefs on Sunday. Mac Jones is already sounding like the old Tom Brady. I'll explain. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. back national football show appreciate all coming aboard no t-shirt this week no t-shirt this week for henry high school 
right? <laughs> we we had some fun yesterday. What would what would be a good shirt for Nick this week versus uh, Andy Reid as he comes rolling back into town? Hey Nick, your dad's in town. <laughs> oh man, what 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 else? Run the ball, dude. That's a good shirt. Run the ball, dude. Right? No more t-shirts, man. We don't need a t-shirt salesman. We need a head coach that can win ball games. He's getting killed this week. He is, man. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, here's here, here's Kevin. Okay. Dan, here's a new shirt. Beaten by Dallas. Oh, man. Hey, you knew this, right? You knew this, that the guy wearing that T-shirt last week, he was going to catch holy hell for that because the press conference, you know, the Kobayashi, you know, videos for, you know, motivating guys. And, like, you're like, oh, man, there's just a little bit too much gimmicky stuff. You know, it, it's like college stuff, you know. Hey, one win for the Gipper. You know what's funny about that stuff? You know, Jimmy Johnson never really did pre- – he, he really never did pregame speeches. Okay, that stuff that you saw, go out and play Hurricane or Cowboy football, and let's go out there and play Cowboy. How about them? Because it used to be, how about them Hurricanes? Then it turned into, how about them Cowboys? You know when Jimmy did all of his motivating? Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. He'd come down, talk to your group, and say, dude, we need you to play great this weekend. Okay, tell me what I have to do to make you a better ball player. This is the things that we need to do if we're going to go out and win a game or a national championship or a Super Bowl. He didn't do any of that crap on the sidelines. Now, look, I'll tell you what we did have. We had a lot of, like, theme shirts that we wore under our shoulder pads, but the coaches didn't wear them. You know, there's I and team or whatever, that kind of stuff. That's what Jimmy was big on all that stuff. Because he wanted everybody to look the same, talk the same, be the same. And I'll get to that in a minute. And it's going to go into a little bit with Mac Jones here. And I'm wondering if, you know, Nick Sirianni, if all of those gimmicky things that he's doing, I get, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to get everybody in the same room, having the same mentality. It's hard to do that when you're talking to grownups and guys who get a paycheck and are professionals. It's so hard to do that. Okay. <laughs> Joey B, two live crew, gave the real pep talk to club the night before. No, nah, not the night before. Usually after we killed somebody. We go down to uh, strawberries or we go down to diamonds. And there'd be Luther going, Cilio! You ain't white. You're Italian. You ain't a white guy. Silio, white guys don't run that fast. I'm like, okay. Jerome would just go, go with me. Yay! There's Luther going like every every club I walked into, whether it be in Coconut Grove or wherever. Silio! You see him on my Twitter page, right? Silio! Get over here. This guy'd go like this to me. Slap my hand. I look in it and I go, damn, 200 bucks. 
It's pretty good, man. 100 for 10 tackles, 100 for a sack. You know what the rules are, big sills. What about a TFL? I had two of them. Thin, a wick, thin crust. And there's a place in Stanford, Connecticut called the Colonial Kitchen. No, excuse me, the Colony. It's called the Colony. It's right down at the bottom of the hill of Cove Island where all the Italians hang out. Even the guy from Barstool uh, has gone down there and said that Colony is one of the absolutely best pizza places of all time. It's thin crust. It's one of the – hey, Trevor, tell these guys. Thin crust, extra oil on it too, man. You know, we got to get it here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Luther Campbell, man. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you get down there, man, and you eat that colony pizza. I could eat about 14 of them. Colony, man. Yeah. No, Luther would be like this, homie. He'd be like, silly Sitting down, I'm in a strip club, man. I'm like, gonna work a an event tomorrow. Be ready. I show up down there in Gulfstream Park. He's got a concert going on. Who comes out but NWA and Two Live Crew? Yeah, all of them, man. All the NWA. That's how we know. That's how we know Cube all this time, man. Is we ran like security. I'm the only dude. Well, I'm the only Italian, I should say. In the building. Yeah. There I am. I'm making 600 bucks, and Luther was awesome, man. That's a good time. It reminds me of some good things, Joey. Luther's a great dude. I know he gets hammered a lot on the internet because it sounds like he's a hurricane hater, but he ain't. Mac Jones, let me let me, let me me show you. And this kind of goes down the line of Nick Sirianni a little bit. Hey, Wick, you talk about booty busting. Hang out with Luther a little bit, Wick. Booty busting, man. Okay? Good times, man. <laughs> Good times hanging out with them dudes. Hey, and by the way, Wick, if you ever go back and listen or you watch my interview, I think I've done like 10 of them. There's an interview in there where straight out of Compton and the guy that plays Easy E, I told um I I told Ice Cube, I said, dude, that guy that plays Easy E is spot on, man. When he rolled out there on that stage in Detroit. And that scene, I was like this. I couldn't believe it because I had met EZ, and I was going like this. I'm like, Cube, man, I'd never seen his boy played a really great role, too. I played his dad, which probably is not that far from, you know, a stretch for him. But the guy that played EZ was insane. Great. Man. <laughs> oh, no, no. You just reminded me. Okay, let's be back to ball here. Mac Jones, too, right, this weekend. Okay, Mac Jones this weekend. You hear what he said? When he was asked a question about him matching up against Tom Brady this weekend at Gillette, you know what he said? It's not me. Watch. Let me give you a Bill Belichick answer. Are you ready? Well, it's not me versus Tom. It's me versus the other 11. This is why Brady left, kid, New England, is because Bill programmed him. I mean, the only guy he didn't program was Gronk. He couldn't. Hey, you know what? By the way, I want to I I show you something here, though, that how the media portrays Gronk 
and Belichick and everybody else. I got to show you this. So you know how everybody is portrayed this week? They're, he's an old grumpy old man. Get off my lawn, dude. This is what Gronk's visit was to New England when he came out of Arizona. You know, he was injured his final year at Arizona. Gronk was a second-round draft choice, I believe, by the Patriots. You know what he did? He showed up at the Patriot complex with sandals on, shorts, and he had a cut-off shirt. He walks in Bill's office, and he fell asleep. They gave him like a test. They asked him some questions. Belichick goes like this when he left. I don't know, man. I don't know. But they drafted him anyway. And you you knew when the guy walks in, he's got sandals on. And here's the deal. It was 30 below. And this guy comes in walking in from Arizona. And I'm going like this. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a great point, Marcus. But he still drafted him. Everybody knew that Aaron Hernandez. Why do you think a guy like that goes in the fifth round? Guy goes like that in the fifth round. Why? Because there's baggage and storylines of this guy shooting off shotguns in Gainesville when he was down there with the Pouncey twins. It's funny, isn't it? You had the Pouncey twins who caused a lot of havoc there in Gainesville. You had Aaron Hernandez, but the guy who covered it all up for Urban Meyer was Tebow. You know, any any time you had baby Jesus in your locker room, everybody else could do wrong because he was going to cover it up. By the way, I told you I was a fan of what Tim did at Florida. I think the guy went out and won a lot of ball games. But look at Mac Jones. Mac Jones is now being programmed into being the new coming of Tom Brady. I don't know if he'll have the same success rate and the same type of winning percentage, but I know this right now. You know what he's doing? Yes, you know, it's not us uh, against one another. It's us against, you know, the 11. And you're like this. Come on, bro. You know? Yeah, Joey, think about Florida. They had 36 arrests in five years up there. 36 arrests. Aaron Hernandez. How many kids were thrown out of the, out of the program while Urban Meyer was the head coach? Numerous guys were tossed. I think Joe Hayden was even tossed out of the program. You had a bunch of guys thrown out, but you know what covered it up? You had Tim Tebow, baby Jesus there. You know, here he is. This guy's in the Philippines cutting penises and, you know, circumcising kids and, you know, talking religion. And then you had these other guys that were creating havoc. Again. Even Cam Newton got thrown out of Florida for stealing a laptop. You know, I mean, you know, all those you, – you don't win championships – for with choir boys and Meyer knew that, but he had one the ultimate choir boy. This guy had the ultimate choir boy in in Tebow. By the way, that's going to be interesting tonight. I'm I'm going to watch that game going back and forth uh, between UVA and Miami. So yeah, no, I mean, make no mistake about it. Okay, Bill Belichick probably going to get run. And you're going to see the media come out Monday and go, Belichick's overrated, he's overhyped. Don't believe it, folks. He's the greatest coach in your lifetime in the NFL. His rings can't be taken from him. You can't diminish anything that he's done, okay? He's got a winning record without Tom Brady as a starter in New England. This guy went 11-4 and without Brady. 
the year he got hurt. Let's not forget that. He did it with Matt Castle, who was a guy who didn't even start at Southern Cal. Remember, they they went 11-4, and and I believe the Dolphins won that division that year, the year Brady got hurt. And Bill still won 11 games. Guy won 11 ball games. And then even when Brady got put on the beach because of the flake gate, they still went four and one or three and one, whatever it was. Okay. Last year, COVID, I don't know. Hey, and by the way, do I think that the Patriots are a great team now? I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're a sorry ass team, but they just don't have the weapons that that they've had in the past. And they don't have the signal caller. So this weekend is going to be more about nostalgia, ripping Bill. Kudos to Tom. Right? That's what this thing's going to turn out to be. All right. Wick says Jalen could never look like Brady. Yeah, but you know what you want to look like, Wick? You want to look like what your skill set is. Here's when I when I see Jalen Hurts, I'll make a comparison to you. I would love to have him have the same kind of mentality of Russell Wilson. I don't want him to be Kyler Murray. I want him to be more like Wilson. Wilson looks to throw the ball, then run. I don't want to have a guy, his second option is run. And that's kind of what Brian Baldinger said. You know, when he was up at the uh, scrimmage, I think it was Jets and the Eagles, he was like this. You can't have that situation where you have a guy who's looking on his second option for him to be able just to take off. Wick, this is what I said. And you know what? Even Xander, who else? I think Joey Mac, Jody Mack. I don't think John said this, but I said this about Devontae Smith. I hated the pick for the Eagles. And everybody was like, you're, Sills, you're crazy. This guy's potential. I never talked about his potential. I talked about the ability to get him the ball. Who's throwing him the ball? Who's coordinating for him? A guy who runs the ball three times with his running backs? How do you develop a wide? Look at what's, hey, here's a great example of this. Remember all the crap that Jamar Chase and Cincinnati took during camp because he wasn't catching the football and he was dropping it all the time? And people were going like this, man, I don't know. This guy just doesn't look like he's he, he's an NFL wideout. You know that he was the AFC Offensive player of the month as a rookie. All of a sudden now, this guy can't drop a pass. That's because they have a running game with Joe Mixon. I mean, that's because they got a play caller that's looking for balance. And Joe Burrow's making that happen because Joe Burrow knows how to get the ball to him. Remember, there was a comfort zone. Just because, hey. Jalen Hurts lost his job in Alabama because he's not accurate. Always start there. Why do you think Jalen lost his job? Look at what Mac Jones had to do. Mac Jones had to wait three years in that Alabama room for it to clear out to get an opportunity for him to play. Am I right? What what did Saban do? Saban knew he wasn't accurate enough. He had too many overthrows. And when you have offensive talent like Waddle and with Smith and you overthrow or you're not accurate, you're not utilizing the talent on what you just said. 
you're not utilizing the talent that you have in the room because you don't have the signal caller to get him the ball. I always say this to people. I'm never drafting a wide receiver until I get the quarterback fixed. Right? I, I'm not, Why would you build your team from the perimeter in when you have not addressed the quarterback position? Makes no sense. I see people doing this mistake all the I Here, you know what I would rather if the Eagles had drafted? A linebacker. I'd rather had them. Hey, let me ask you this. Here, let me throw this at you here. Would you rather have um, the kid Parsons from Penn State or would you rather have Devontae Smith? Ask yourself that. Would you rather have the kid Parsons, that linebacker who's becoming a force and probably will win the Rookie of the Year award, would you rather still have Devontae or the Cowboys trading down with the Eagles to give you that pick so they can take the backer from Penn State? Remember, after the Cowboys lost Sertain, who, by the way, is also playing great football for the Broncos. You couldn't have gone wrong with him, too, because he is playing good football there. He is. Patrick Sertain looks like he is a hell of a football player, too. But there's something about the kid in Dallas that is kind of like freaky. And you know what that is? You could play him in a 34 and a 43 defense. You could put his hand down in the dirt, stand him up, cover tight ends, rush the passer. You could do a lot of things with him. Okay? Hater. They could have traded back with Chicago and gotten C.B. Newsom. Uh, hey, I know you guys don't want to answer this because everybody likes Devontae. Hey, man, we had Merrill Reese on here. He goes, Dan, I got to tell you, he's one of the most electric guys. And, and by the way, when I say this, I'm not throwing shade on Devontae. I'm asking you who would you rather have. Throwing shade is like throwing shade at the Dolphins because the Dolphins traded up to get to him. And the Chargers ended up taking, guess who? Justin Herbert. And if you had to do that all over again, wouldn't you went like this? I'll take Justin Herbert all night long over to him. Hell, you had the owner of the Miami Dolphins coming out publicly saying this. Let's see if we can go out and get to Sean. Marcus says, Roseman never drafts linebackers in the first and second round. So you wouldn't draft LT. If you saw LT, you wouldn't do it. Hey, Ken, I, 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 I'd like – you think he's like a mini LT. LT was a stand-up 34 linebacker. This kid – and I was telling my wife this. You know we're used – I see a lot of athleticism improvement in the game of football. You know, when I think of defensive linemen today, you know, I, I played in the era of Reggie White. And I played in the era of Chris Dolman. Those guys could play today. Those guys were all fantastic. But you know what you see today that's completely different? There is no question. Two positions have been radically changed. That is the linebacker position on the outside. You could do multiple things with these guys. They're kind of like hybrid. And the wide receiving core. Almost every team has a great wide receiving core. It's like unprecedented finding the quarterback to get the ball to these guys. I mean, look at the Eagles. The Eagles have a damn good-looking 
wide receiver court. It's not the greatest, but it's good. Then you you combine that with the tight ends, which I do think they are a good group. But that's that's scattered throughout the league like that. And what what's been the change of that? You know what's been the change? Kids coming out of high school today and going into college, they don't want to be running backs anymore. They just don't. You don't see teams developing running backs any longer in college. They're developing wideouts. Why? Those gifted guys who were running backs back in the 70s and 80s, and I'll just use my era, those guys all see this now. Well, I okay, so wait, I can make more money, and I take less hits, and these guys don't hit me anymore, and I can be a diva, and I don't have to be a starting quarterback to have my own logo, have my own shoes, have my own highlights, and have people talk about me because of the red zone. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of kids now coming out of college and going into college and coming out of high school, they don't want to be running backs anymore. Why would I make less money, take more pounding, and be out of the league like Todd Gurley? When I could sit around and be a wide receiver for the next 15 years because nobody touches me. Think of that. And make more than you. Do you know Derrick Henry? Okay, what's he make, $14 million? Odell Beckham makes 17. Amari Cooper makes 20. You think those guys are more important than Derrick Henry? Hell, Derrick Henry is the second lowest paid guy, or he's the second highest paid guy in the offensive huddle. Ryan Tannehill makes double the money. Ryan Tannehill makes $30 million? He does. He makes $29.5 a year. And Henry's 14, and he carries a refrigerator on his back every day. You know, you know, you know what's going to end up being the demise of Derrick Henry? The fact that Derrick Henry's back's going to give out on him because he's carried the Titans for so long. Polly says this, would you trade for Watson? Absolutely, Polly. There wouldn't be a thing I wouldn't give for him. Anything you wanted. Pick, watch this. Pick a player. You want Devontae? You can have him. There would be nobody on my roster that's safe, along with the draft picks that I would give up for him. You're never going to – how about this? There's guys in the draft that are going into the draft next year. The only guy that could beat Dak Prescott – here, you want me to tell you who could beat Dak Prescott next year? You're not beating him this year. Do you know who can beat him? Deshaun, Aaron Rodgers, maybe Garoppolo. Who else? I can't think of anybody in the draft. You think one of those guys coming out of college is going to be a guy that's going to beat Dak Prescott? No way. No way. David says LT crushed people when he hit. I mean, hey, listen, David, I don't know if Lawrence Taylor could play in today's NFL. Let's just throw that out there, okay? The way he destroyed Jaws and, and uh, Deisman and them dudes, man. He was such a great, phenomenal football player. Hey, Marcus, I love that kid, Lattimore. Man, I think the Raiders drafted him. He was a great-looking stud running back when he was with the Gamecocks, and I think he had a catastrophic knee injury with the Gamecocks. He was really, really a good-looking running back. I remember the night. I can't remember the team, but I remember the night he blew his knee out, and I was like, wow, that guy is some football player. Oh, my God, he was really good. David, you know, right, Parsons is going to be the rookie of the year on the defensive side of the ball. 
Devontae Smith is not going to have the opportunity to be the offensive player of the year rookie-wise because you know why? The quarterback can't get him to the ball. He's a 57-6 completion percentage guy. Somebody threw a stat at me this year and went, well, he's 66% now. He's improved. 66? Dude, I haven't seen 66 in the last two games. I'll tell you that. Underthrows, overthrows, not looking the safeties off. Come on, man. Right? Come on. See, look at this. People don't want to answer it. They don't want to answer that question. Especially when it comes, because people like Devontae, and I like Devontae. But again, I'm not throwing shade on anybody. I'm just talking about being better. People do that. Every, guys, you don't think your bosses are looking to try to replace you every day? When they hire you, the process begins on whether or not you're a keeper or a guy they want to replace. Because what traditionally happens? After a few years, your salary goes up, and what does your boss do? He tries to replace you with somebody who could do more work than you at a less price. That is management in its nutshell. You think people, especially in my business, broadcasting, anytime you can replace somebody, even if the product sucks, it doesn't matter to them. Long as it just gets by, they'd rather have just – why do you think there's very few, like, radio guys any longer that are really great on the air like Howard Eskin and them dudes? Why, why, why do you think that? Well, because nobody wants to put the money into it. Have you ever paid for something – that was really cheap and went, man, did I really get the ultimate steal here? How many Tom Brady picks do you think there have been in the NFL where the guy is the greatest player in the history of the league is a six-round draft choice and a 199th player taken? It's needle in the haystack stuff, right? Yeah, but hater right now. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Chase and Jones? No way. Jones? Oh, Jones, yes. Yes. Dude, I, I, how about this? Devontae's not even in the conversation. It's not his fault. It's absolutely not his fault. By the way, let me ask you something here else, too. This is something Bruce Arians said, and I wonder how you look at it. And I think every team in the NFL – has to start looking at this. So Bruce Arians came out. And Bruce Arians came out and he was like this. You know, man, veteran guys, they want to play with Tom Brady. Brady picked the phone up and called Richard Sherman and said, we need you. And already he's like in the Buccaneer organization and he's on the practice field. He's talking to the other guys. Of course, you're going to have that kind of equity because you're Richard Sherman. You're one of the best corners that's played during his generation. I would sit there and I would listen to anything that Richard Sherman told me. And I would sit there and take all the advice that he could possibly give me. And if it applied to my skill set, I would apply it. Why wouldn't you listen to people who had maybe more success than you? Of course you would listen. That's called passing the baton. Look at Richard Sherman. He's already a great teammate in Tampa. He's helping guys out. You know what some people would say? Well, gee, that's a little bit ahead of yourself, isn't it? No, not when you have equity like that in the league. If Randy Moss came in 
And on the first practice, he started talking to Devontae Smith about running routes. You think Devontae should go, well, he hasn't been here long enough, and I don't want to listen to him. What kind of mentality is that? When Tom Brady walks into the room and he's trying to tell you how to run a pass route, you think you're not going to listen? How many pass routes do you think that guy has worked with with his wideouts over the years? And he may be telling you something that you're doing that you're not even realizing. That's the greatness in some of these guys, the guys that are willing to reach out and help their guys. And Bruce Arians came out and said, when Brady calls these guys, man, they all pick the phone up and they all want to play for him. This is the one thing New England didn't want to do with Brady. Let Tom go out and recruit. This is what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. He wants to recruit guys to go and play in Green Bay. And I'll tell you what, outside of Reggie White going to Green Bay, folks, I don't remember a lot of people putting their hand up to want to go play in the snow like that and live in an igloo. Right? I don't remember too many people wanting to live in an igloo. And how many people want to play with Jalen Hurts right now? If you were a wide receiver, would you want to pay, play in Philly? Like, how about this? Odell Beckham Jr.'s name, I'm sure, is going to be brought up soon. Because I just think that the Browns want to get out from under that. And I think as soon as Jarvis Landry gets off the IR list, I think they're going to try shopping the guy. He's at $14.5 million when it comes to payroll. I mean, he's been injured. He's been nonproductive in Cleveland. He's just been a dude. And they're going to try to see if they can get some value for the guy. And if I went to Odell Beckham and said, hey, we're going to try to trade you to Philly, I look at him and go, don't trade me to that guy. That guy can't get me the ball. If you can't get Devontae Smith the ball, you can't get those tight ends the ball, no wide receiver in his mind would want to play in Philadelphia. The only people that will play in Philadelphia are the ones you draft. You're not going to get big-time free agents to want to come and play in Philadelphia with the quarterback situation not being resolved. It's just common sense. So... When Bruce says that, you've got to look at that. How many free agents do you think offensively want to jump in and go, let me play in Philly? Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, I want to play in Kansas City. Look at what's going on right now with Josh Gordon. Did you see what Josh Gordon looks like right now? Josh Gordon looks in shape. That's scary for KC. Now, hey, guys, I don't know if he's eligible this week to play, but Josh Gordon looks good. And Josh Gordon, if he has anything near, and he's 80% of what he was, that's still better than 95% of the wideouts in the NFL. That guy is a special talent. He's just a fruit loop. You get him in a scenario where, you know what? I'm telling you, you know what Josh Gordon's going to do if he's smart? He's going to do what AB's doing. If I'm Antonio Brown... And you look at what Tom Brady has done for Antonio Brown over the last year. Think about that for an instance. Nobody wanted to take a chance on him. Brady did. Patrick Mahomes had to sign off on Josh Gordon coming aboard the Kansas City Chiefs. He said, yeah, I'll take him. Because you know why? Patrick Mahomes sees what Brady does. He takes Aaron Hernandez in. He takes in Corey Dillon. He takes in Cedric Benson, Antonio Brown. He takes in Chad Johnson. Brady takes all these guys in to try to give them a chance to succeed. 
He gives them all a chance. Mahomes is doing the same thing here with Josh Gordon because he knows somewhere in there he's a special football player, and he is. I've seen it. This guy is incredible. And if he's ready to rock and roll this weekend against the Eagles, and that guy's got anything like he did three years ago, man, that guy can play, man. He's a great player. And in today's NFL, all you have to do is not be John Jones and not show up to the octagon. John Jones is the greatest UFC fighter of all time. One of them, top three. Let's say that. His problem was he couldn't show up to the octagon. And he always let Dana down. John Jones, without a doubt, you go like this, man, what a complete waste. Mahomes sees this, what Brady's doing. He does. He sees it, man. More on Casey and the Eagles. Also, who will have a better career, you think? Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Plus, we're going to head up to, I think it's D.C. where he is, and we're going to talk to our friend from the USA Today sports section and Hall of Fame voter. That'll be Jared Bill. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour in hour number two. All coming up. Please stay here. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
Welcome back, National Football Show. Derek Bell, USA Today Sports. NFL Hall of Fame voter will join us at the bottom of the hour. Jags and Bengals tonight. We'll hit on that a bit. Eagles and Chiefs this weekend. Hit on that a lot. Chiefs come rolling into Lincoln Financial. What grade would I give them? They're one and two right now. Haven't lost two consecutive games. They open the season beating the Browns. Look, do we think the trends are going to continue with Kansas City turning the ball over and not being able to tackle anybody on defense? No. I'm more confident that Kansas City is a football team that will still win that division, even though the Broncos are 3-0 and the Raiders are 3-0. and I mean, are you buying into the Broncos and into the Raiders? Are you buying that right now? Raiders, Raiders still have a ways to go, <clears throat> in my opinion. I still, have, I still think they have to show the ability to be able to rush the passer on a consistent basis. That's what's plagued them. And their secondary has been atrocious for almost a decade now. I mean, they have not rectified. You know, under Jack Del Rio, it went from just having DBs that couldn't get anybody on the ground to the entire defense now not being able to get anybody on the ground, but it's improved this year. So them rolling in with, with Andy, and by the way, too, a little scare with Andy health-wise again, like we saw in San Diego a few years back when he rolled his team into San Diego. Um, I think they'll straighten that out on defense because you know why? Again, this is all about a marathon, and it's not a sprint. You know, the things that you're doing now, this is what great coaches, and this is what Mike Tomlin was kind of talking about the other day. You know, when, when, when you have a routine, and that's what the NFL is, it's a routine. When you're able to have a plan, and sometimes when your plan isn't seemingly working, know this, okay? At the end of the day here, keep to your convictions, stick to your beliefs, and you keep doing the repetition, you're going to see your rewards because you stuck to a plan. Now, look, knowing failure immediately is a great asset that many people don't have. When you see something not working and you know it's not working, the toughest thing to do is to break off of those convictions. This ain't happening here. Okay? What Cliff Kingsbury did Three years ago, when they saw Josh Rosen wasn't the guy and they identified it immediately, they were right. They went into the draft the next year and took a quarterback and Kyler Murray in the first round. Said, we just can't, we can't go here with Josh. And they ended up moving into Miami. And Josh Rosen has been one of the absolute biggest busts at the quarterback position in recent memory when it comes to the draft. Okay, so... You, you, you've got to look at this, and as you stick to your convictions, Kansas City's going to stick to it, okay? Their problems are in their running game and in their defense. It's been really shocking for me to see that Kansas City has struggled like that so much when it comes to, you know, being able to move the ball into turnovers. They have got to rectify that, and you're coming into a game where you're going to have hyper-focus from Kansas City. How should the Eagles approach Kansas City going into this game? What would be the first thing that you, again, 
here's something again that we're going to be contradicting what the mentality of the coaching staff has done so far in the first three games. We said it with Gary Cobb, and we'll say it again. Okay, if you're not going to establish a running attack, how would you attack the Kansas City Chiefs in this game? I'd start using my tight ends more. Short, intermediate passing game, do something like that. Give myself an opportunity to be able to be successful with, you know, a group that has been successful in Philadelphia. I would throw to more tight ends, and I would throw to my tight ends more because if you're not going to run the ball, dude, and you're going to have Jalen sit back there and throw the ball 35, 40 times, you've got to come up with a remedy that if you're not going to run it and you don't believe in the running backs that you have, you've got to figure out a way to move the chains. Throwing those slant patterns and throwing those out passes is not getting it done right now. you got too many three and outs. Flacco. I said this before, Smile. If you see Joe Flacco, the Eagles have waved the white flag for the year. But you know what? Remember what I told you guys. Okay, do you guys, I'll, I'll give you a chance to revise it. I said week six we'll see Gardner Minshew. Okay? I don't think I'm going to revise that. Gardner Minshew, week six. If that happens, the Jalen Hurts experiment is over. When they take him out, it's over. Hell, it's over now. And the fact that they're still going, watch this. And I said this, and I'll continue to say this to you, and I said this in the last hour. Jalen's a fine player. I have no problem with him, except for the fact that if I can upgrade the position, I'm going to. This is no shade on him. Just, you know, you know, you know, it's funny. People get so bent on the quarterback position. You think we're not trying to constantly upgrade the guard position or the center position or the defensive tackle position or linebackers or corners? You think people get set? Here, I'll give you a great example of this. And this is a little bit of a historical thing for you. You know the year that, I think it was in the early 80s, I forget. You know, the, they drafted Lawrence Taylor. And they already had Gary Reasons. They already had Harry Carson. They had Brad Van Pelt. We had all of these guys in New York on the Giants team. You know what they still did? They were linebacker rich. But when they saw Lawrence Taylor, Ray Perkins and Parcells and George Young could not pass on LT, and they drafted him. The players on the Giants were like, we don't need any more linebackers. Why are we drafting a linebacker? Well, as LT will tell you, he started out on the third team in his first practice. And by the end of the first practice, Lawrence Taylor was starting. And he was the starting linebacker for the New York Giants in his rookie season. And then went on to be the rookie of the year and had a phenomenal rookie season and helped the Giants get back to the playoffs for the first time in like 18 years. Okay? I mean, when you see something like that, you know it, right? Shane, appreciate you coming aboard. Okay, so you 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 have to go down that mentality line. When you see something, it's working, it's not working. 
got to make corrections. Okay, so what 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 do you do now if you're Philadelphia going into week four? What corrections do you make? Sirianni's got to come up with a game plan that somehow gets his backs involved. You know what's funny? Every single person that comes in here and talks to me about the running backs, you guys are high on these backs. Why is the coach using them? Shane says that Hurts is no more than a running back playing quarterback. Well, that's what Nick Saban said when they replaced him in the national championship game. That's exactly what he said. And, and folks, it so sounds like we're hating on him. It so sounds like I'm throwing massive shade on the kid. I'm so not. I think he's a fine guy. I think he's – how about this? Dave Wanstead said this a couple weeks ago from Fox Sports. Jalen's a guy you want on your roster. He's a guy that can go in there when the dike breaks, stick his finger in it, maybe get you a couple touchdowns and maybe a win in a critical situation if your quarterback goes down. But other than that, you're going to get a book on him, and he doesn't have enough skill set stuff to be able to move the sticks on a consistent basis because he lacks the tools around him. Here's the issue right now in Philly. You ready? There's just not enough good players around him right now to help develop the guy. And I know everyone thinks there is. There's not. There's just not. Chris, that sounds great. Run the ball 25 to 30 times. Limit KC to possessions. See what Chris just said right there? That's a mentality that you must have. But executing that game plan seems to be an issue for many coaches in the NFL, especially rookie coaches. Carlos says, hey, Dan, what's up, brother? Yeah, he was drafted as a backup. He needed to watch and learn. The first year, nobody knew Crybaby was going to end up running over to Indy. I, I think he still needs to learn. Look, here, let, let, let me give you, like, late bloomers. Kurt Warner's a late bloomer. Rich Gannon was a late boomer. Remember Rich Gannon? Rich Gannon was a he was a vagabond guy like um, Ryan Fitzpatrick was. He ends up following following John Gruden to um, to the Raiders. He ends up turning himself into an MVP. So I mean, some guys it happens late. Maybe it happens late for Jalen, but right now it's not. And the Eagles can't sit around with Dak Prescott and watching Dak's of all evolving into a franchise guy. You see, this is what's frightening the Eagles right now, and I would say the Giants and Washington. You ready? You know what's frightening the, all the people in the division right now? Is that you're watching Dak. Do we not agree? And I'll tell you something about Dak getting his money. And this also has to be troubling to the other teams in the NFC East. Last year, Dak got hurt doing what? Running the ball, right? Dak trying to do more than maybe what's being asked to him. Now he got his money. He's patient. Against the Eagles, he did. Did you not see the one drive? It was like third in a mile. He just got a couple yards, 10 yards, punted away, let his defense play, played field position, got the ball, went down, scored again. His evolving into a franchise guy right now is what's scaring every team in the East. 
because let's look at it. Washington hasn't addressed the quarterback position yet. You know why? The Dwayne Haskins scenario has frightened them. Look at the quarterbacks that they have flopped on. RG3, Dwayne Haskins. They let Kirk Cousins leave the room. Cousins not a bad quarterback. Look at his numbers. They let that dude roll out of the room because Bruce Allen, the former president, didn't want to give him a long-term contract. You know what? He's not that bad. He's putting up pretty decent numbers. He's not going to be a world beater, but I don't think you have to have a world beater to win a Super Bowl. I think you have to have a guy that protects the football. Big Chris says we need an accurate, strong-arm quarterback to hit those wideouts. Dude, if you just had that, it would improve your run game. Carlos says they should use Gainwell like Westbrook. I like that. I know he's not as big as him, but he plays like him. Yeah, no. He's versatile in the passing game, and he can run in between the tackles. I agree 100%. I agree. I agree. But with that, what's happened to Dak? Dak's evolving, and you're watching him get from the first year. I went like this on Dak Prescott. And by the way, maybe Jalen has this development. But I say this to you. I, I, I watch Dak, and I go like this. Wow, first year, second year, third year. You know, then he ends up getting hurt. And here he is, and then you're going like this. This guy's coming off of injury, too. And he got better. Just sitting back watching the game, being hungry for the game. That's really got to frighten everybody in the East. There's no here. Dick Daniel Jones is going to be a giant after this coming offseason. Here, let's take a look at this, for instance. This is where the Cowboys are right now in the East. Look at this right here. You think Daniel Jones would be a starting quarterback in New York with the Giants next year? No. Do you think that – I don't even know who – Gardner – what's his name? Tyler Hankey. Is going to be the quarterback in Washington? No. Do you think that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles next year? Absolutely not. The only solidified quarterback in the division, and Jerry knows it, is Dak. That's a problem. Hey, go back to Brady's run in the AFC East. Can you name me a quarterback that threatened Brady for those 20 years? Name me one quarterback. Who, Chad Pennington? Name me one quarterback in the East during Brady's time that threatened him. Name me one guy. One guy that threatened him. One guy. There wasn't one. During that entire time, he was able to control that division because he had no competition in that division. And it allowed Belichick to build that Patriots team, knowing this. All they had to do was get to the postseason. They were going to be a factor no matter what the record was, and you were guaranteed a boatload of wins playing in the AFC East. 
you were constantly going to know that you were going to get, and you had a quarterback that was taking less money, and the quarterback was able to do this, gave you an opportunity to build your football team. Take a look at this for a second, too. You know what's also hurting? The money that's owed to Carson Wentz here, too. Because look, look, look at what the Patriots did, and look at actually what Seattle did for years. Mark Sanchez. Thank you, Marcus. I think my case rests on that. Think of what Seattle and think of what the Patriots had for about five years. Russell Wilson was a third-round draft choice out of Wisconsin. Okay? And Brady was a sixth-round pick out of Michigan. You're not paying these guys giant roster bonuses and signing bonus money. You had there was a guy by the name of I think it was Javaris Jackson, Tavares Jackson, that was the backup quarterback in Seattle. For two years, he made more money than what Russell Wilson did. What does that do? It allows you to build and fill holes all over your football team. Once you identify the quarterback of the future, then you start to build components around him. You know what one of the great things that they did with Tom Brady in New England? And no one's bringing it up during the hater bill week. I mean, his first five years, Tom Brady was kind of pedestrian as a quarterback numbers-wise. But you know what they did? They started putting a great old line. They had a damn good defense. They were starting to bring tight ends in. Hey, I'll tell you what, that dual tight end set that they were going to throw at the league with having Gronkowski and having Aaron Hernandez, that was going to revolutionize the sport. But they didn't realize that uh, Aaron Hernandez was El Chapo, and <laughs> that thing got put up in smoke because they had to revamp that entire offense after that whole debacle there with Hernandez. That set the franchise back, too, because that two, that two tight end set was going to just absolutely destroy the league. You couldn't cover both those guys. Hey, Aaron Hernandez was a pro bowler. Let's not forget, this guy was a good football player. That's why they gave him that brand-new contract and they gave him a contract extension. They're still fighting over that money that was owed to him, and his family wants that money. Kraft's not giving it up. But they didn't give him that money because he was some sort of like, you know, Mother Teresa. They knew he was that dude. But the point was is that it gave them the time to build around Brady. That's what the Eagles are hoping that Jalen gives them because Jalen's not expensive. This comes down to economics too, folks. This comes down to the fact that you're looking at this and you're going like this. Hey, man, you know, we owe a lot of money on the Wentz deal. The Wentz deal killed the Eagles. It did. All right. We're going to catch up with our friend, Jared Bell from USA Today Sports. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. I'll do it again. You keep it here on the National Football Show. <laughs> oh. I know, man. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to get the break. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. 
that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silvio. Paul, I like that idea. The sleeper, the kid McCall from Coastal Carolina. Wasn't he at Auburn before he went to um, Coastal? Was it, I, I, thought, I, I thought he was an Auburn product. By the way, we're going to catch up with Jared Bell from USA Today Sports, NFL insider, NFL Hall of Fame voter, too. I could have swore, Paul, that he was at Auburn before um, he ended up transferring to Coastal. I like that Coastal Carolina program. It's a bunch of dudes that didn't get a lot of playing time at D1 programs, and they take a lot of these guys in, and they've done a remarkable job with that football program. I mean, I never heard of them before. Hater, LaShawn, hey, Shady, uh, I saw that, signed a one-day contract and retired an Eagle. Tell me that's not dope. I love Shady McCoy, man. He's one of my favorite football players. I like him in beast mode, you know? I love Shady. And Shady thought enough, hey, man, I think that's a real testament to Eagle fans, that Shady, anytime somebody signs those one-year contracts and they retire with the gear that they felt the most comfortable in, that, that says a lot, man. That says that you embrace Shady. You know what I mean? I, I love him, man. He, he, 
a hell of a football player. Unfortunately, not Hall of Fame kind of guy, but Shady McCoy was a great football player. Really, catch a football out of the backfield, tough runner in between the tackles, great leader, just a tough dude, man. That's the kind of guy you want running the ball. That's the kind of guy right there. Shady McCoy is the kind of guy that the Eagles need in the backfield. That's the kind of dude you want, man. That's the kind of dude that you throw in the backfield. And if you've got a suspect quarterback that you're trying to develop, remember something in New England under Brady early in his career. You know, it they, they had a good running game. He's a true sophomore straight from high school in Charlotte and went to Coastal. Okay. Okay. I don't believe he enrolled at Auburn. All right. All right, Paul. Cool. I thought there was a guy that that had transferred uh, from Auburn and went into Coastal. I may be wrong, okay? No, I've seen this kid win some ball games. By the way, didn't that team beat BYU last year and Zach Wilson too? I like what they're doing. I do. I, 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 I think he and that program have really done remarkable things. I mean, they're top 15 program right now. And they've gone after everybody's leftovers in a way. And it's been awesome to watch. By the way, there's some pretty good college football games this weekend. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But there's going to be some really great college football. I think Michigan-Wisconsin is also tomorrow. You know, I threw this at you, you know, a couple minutes ago. Who do you think has a better career, Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow? What do you think does? By the way, let's get over to my friend from USA Today. I'm going to ask him that question. Uh-oh. Because tonight, right out of the gate, my friend from USA Today Sports, and we're so privileged to have him. It's uh, his time of the year right now. There's a game tonight, Bengals and Jaguars. If you had to pick, and I want you to take your magic, um, your, your, your magic lamp out and rub it and tell us, who you think has a better career, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Oh, that's that is a great question. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say Trevor Lawrence because I think he's got. Um, I mean, I mean, Burrow's a great talent too. Um, it, but it may take a while, and I think I know where you're headed with this in the conversation, and because. You don't know how these teams are going to support these quarterbacks over the long haul. And there are so many things that go into making a success for a quarterback, but it does start with the supporting cast. I mean, it starts with talent. And then after that, it's like the supporting cast. Right. And so Joe Burrow is off to, you know, the better start. He's got a better team. He came to a better team last year. Unfortunately, he got hurt, but, um, if Trevor Lawrence is going to be that guy, it's going to be in, in catch-up mode, okay? I, I would say this to you too, Jared. I think it – you know, I, I learned this when I came out of college. I was at the University of Miami with Jimmy. Oh, and yeah. And I had the best coaching on the planet. Dave Wanstead, Dave Campo, Butch Davis, North, all these guys yeah. that went on to legendary assistant coaching careers and some head coaching jobs. Yeah. I had great coaching around me. I'm just wondering, I mean, when you look at what's going on in Jacksonville, 
will will Trevor Lawrence get the coaching that he needs? Because Jimmy said it, as great a coach as he was, he was nothing without the great assistant coaches that he brought with him. And there was a reason all those hurricane coaches went with him to Dallas. They went three Super Bowls in Dallas. I'm just wondering who's going to get the better coaching because that also plays into the evaluation, don't you think? Oh, no, no doubt about it. And I think the key there is that, as you mentioned with Jimmy, Urban Meyer has to surround himself with great assistants. And the head coach, he can be a genius and he can be a, a great strategist, but you can't do it all. And so that is going to be so key in terms of assessing what happens going forward and how Urban Meyer builds this program. Now, I think Urban Meyer is obviously a sharp guy, and I think that he definitely brings something um, creatively as a coach that you can build on. Um, Cincinnati, I'm not sure if that's that's going to to work for the long haul. They've not had – you know, the, the stellar coaching staff. And, and obviously Marvin Lewis was there for a long time and did a great job when you compare what Marvin Lewis was faced with in terms of the resources from the organization on down, um, you know, made that work and was there for a long time. But obviously they never got to a, a Super Bowl level. So um, I think, you know, Urban Meyer is that is that guy who can – can, can perhaps create some things. And, and the one thing we know right now is that Urban Meyer is going to, to have the time. And when, you know, when I talked to him in training camp, he didn't want time. He wasn't interested <laughs> in saying I'm, I'm on a four year plan or anything like that. And you love that about anybody who is, you know, competitive, you want to do it as fast as possible. But the reality is it's going to take time, not only for Urban Meyer to, adapt to the NFL from a strategical standpoint, same with Trevor Lawrence, obviously by extension, but, but also just in terms of assembling the talent that you're going to need in key spots and not just your starters, but your backups and your backups to your backups, right? Depth. So we'll see how that goes. Let me take you over to the Eagles. Now, what's your take on the Eagles so far sitting at one and two, um, they got out to a nice start against the Falcons. They were completely run off the field. I thought by the Cowboys on Monday night, and it just looked like coaching. I mean, they had three rushing attempts, Jared. I mean, I don't know how that helps Jalen develop if you're trying to create balance. I mean, plus he's still, you know, developing as a quarterback. The only way you develop a quarterback is you get consistency and balance. There was none of that in the coaching, the play calling, the player himself, and Jalen. Then the defense started getting run off the field. What's your take on them? I mean, I know I'm probably burying the lead here a little bit for you here, but do you see the same things I'm seeing with Philly? Um, I've not really taken a deep dive on Philly, to tell you the truth, but um, I, yeah, I can't disagree with anything that you say about them. The, the thing that I think when I, when I consider Philadelphia is that you've got to have patience, but you've also, with all these young quarterbacks, as I mentioned a minute ago, you've got to – to build a supporting cast around them. And, and Philadelphia, um, there's a reason why they, they had a, had a new, they have a new coach. Um, and so uh, I think, I just think that it's going to be a long haul for them. And, you know, patience is not um, in, in, in ample supply in the NFL and in, in pro football, and especially in Philadelphia where, um, you know, it could be really, really tough 
on the team and on the players and the quarterback and the coach. And, and so you're going to have to deal with all of that on top of it. But yeah, for them to, to kind of lay an egg in Dallas was, was not a good sign for them. How about this one here? There's like conversation now, once again, Nick Casario from the Texans, I guess. And you know, when you hear this, that someone wants a story out, either it's the agents, the organization, it's both. We're now hearing that maybe there's less of an asking price. And the Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Broncos seemingly are the top three teams for Deshaun. If you're the Philadelphia Eagles, do you just back up the Brinks truck and do whatever it can? Because you know this right now, in that NFC East, Dak's going to run that division. After what we've been watching, Jared, he's going to run that division for the next decade. And the current quarterbacks that are in that division are not going to threaten the they're not going to threaten just like Brady wasn't threatened in the AFC East. You've got to have somebody in that division to threaten Dak, just like the Dolphins are going after Deshaun too, because they know Josh Allen's in Buffalo. Do you back up that truck if you are the Eagles to go get Deshaun? Yeah, I think that's a great idea, Dan. I really do, because you know at least what you're getting with Deshaun, and that's assuming that all of his legal issues um, resolve are resolved. But uh, when you're talking about the pure talent and the potential there, I mean, we're talking about a, a quarterback who is very young still, and you can have him for a decade or so, right? So when you talk about Jalen Hurts, it's a developmental thing. We'll see where he is uh, midseason, end of the season, next year, all of that. But Deshaun Watson, it's a matter of, okay, what can we do to support as you would with the young quarterbacks. And that's my big word. I guess my word of the day, support, support, support. <laughs> but point point being, if you get that position handled, then you can go from there and you know you've got that position solidified. So I think if there is a chance to, to get a Deshaun Watson, I'd go for it. And, you know, you, you think about the mentality of the Eagles and the Dolphins also in the mix here, very aggressive, uh, creative. They think out of the box when it comes to, to personnel moves. And so I think that would be a, you know, that, that's a very um, real possibility in terms of who's in the running for this thing. As far as the asking price, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you said, Dan, uh, these things get floated out there. And and it's, you know what, I heard way last, early in the off season, right, when this whole thing was was blowing up, as a matter of fact. And that was definitely the, the price when you started talking about three first round picks and now things have changed. And uh, when it comes to really pulling the trigger and seeing what you can get and if somebody is solid or not, then yeah, the, the, the asking price uh, fluctuates, but he's still going to um, command a premium. If it's not three first round picks, maybe it's two and then, you know, other things as part of that package. But yeah, there is a price. The Texans, um, have pretty much shown they are not going to just give him away, even with this legal cloud hanging over him. I want to take you to the other game of the weekend, and that is obviously Belichick and Brady and Patriots and Buccaneers. And what do you make of the Bill Belichick bashing week that's going on? I mean, it's like, so you let the guy go. I don't think there was a person on the planet. And you know what, too, Jared? The market dictated that. Everybody now in the media is making it sound like there were 70 teams that were lined up for Tom Brady and offering him contracts. From what's been reported, there were two, the Chargers and the Buccaneers. There wasn't this gigantic market. 
So anybody in their right mind, 44, 43 years of age, anybody in their common sense, nobody saw this. Nobody ever thought he'd walk in on a COVID year on Zoom calls <laughs> and win a Super Bowl, right? So, I mean, how do, how do you look at this week here? I mean, it, they're, they're killing Bill in Boston right now for letting him go. Um, and you see Mac Jones, maybe they should have kept Cam. I said that two days ago. They should have kept Cam. Maybe they win more games if Cam's in that building there instead of the rookie quarterback. How do you see this this game this Sunday? And Belichick overrated, underrated, Brady more important. How do you see this story? Yeah, you, you can always have that argument, right? You know, is the coach or the quarterback uh, more valuable, more responsible for the success? And we all know it's kind of a combination. You know, they both needed each other. And, yeah, Tom Brady had been there for so long, so accomplished, um, got to be so good <laughs> to an extra level, and it just kind of built over so many years. So the idea that there was friction at the end or in those final years, yeah, I, I definitely buy that. Uh, and Belichick had his way of doing it. But to, to answer the first part of your question, um, no, I, I don't think it's fair to, to bash Bill Belichick and say, hey, you know, this guy would have never done what he did without Brady because you talk about support and you think about those first three Super Bowls they won that were won with the defense pretty much carrying the team. Um, Brady did his part, no doubt about that. But it, it wasn't the same time Brady that we saw later in his career where he was throwing for 50 touchdowns and stuff like that. So um, Belichick had a lot to do with that. And Belichick had so much to do with, with helping Tom Brady, A, getting Tom Brady and, 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 <laughs> and realizing that, Hey, maybe there's something here and we can work with this. And I think that's what everybody sees with Mac Jones. The difference with Mac Jones is the fact that he was a first round pick, right? And Brady was a guy that everybody passed on multiple times. Even um, the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. He had five times, five rounds or whatever it was before they got him. And so, um, yeah, it's it's great conversation when you have this return set up and this, all this hype around this game, which is, you know, well-deserved. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be there. And I am, like, so looking forward to having – this um, electric atmosphere. It will be the most electric game in Foxborough <laughs> this year, last year, uh, since Brady left and probably for several years uh, gone in terms of, you know, the, the excitement about a Patriots game <laughs> at Gillette Stadium. But uh, make no mistake, it, it's just one of those things where um, Brady had so much left to, to offer that you're going to look bad when the guy goes and wins the Super Bowl. So that's that's the deal. But think about this too, Dan. I mean, had we sat here what, uh, five years ago, um, three years ago probably, probably, could you have ever seen a scenario where Tom Brady's not there? Even though no. we've seen guys over the years, no. Joe Montana comes to mind, that have, that have gone. But without having like a an heir apparent like Green Bay, you, you know, you think about Aaron Rodgers and how he sat behind Brett Favre and, and now they've got Jordan San Francisco Paul. with Steve Young. I mean, there was yeah. a transition. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you see a situation like that, yeah, you can you can imagine it. Right. But, um, yeah, this whole thing with Tom Brady is just pretty amazing. And the fact that he goes and wins the Super Bowl, um, 
it's 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 <laughs> it's beautiful to tell you the truth. It really is. I I I marvel at it here. You know, I I I tell people this. So they really had a crappy relationship in the end, and I went like this, boy. I wish to God I had a crappy relationship where I won nine conference championships and six Super Bowls, and man, what a horrible relationship that truly must have been. I mean, those guys, they did marvelous things. You know, you don't have to really love your coach. You just have to respect your coach. I'll ask you one last one. I got two two more questions for you here. Who do you think is um, Belichick's greatest player that he's ever coached, Lawrence Taylor or Tom Brady? Ooh, um, it's got to be Brady. But, you know, when you talk about um, pure talent and – you know, a game changer. It's Lawrence Taylor. That that that's <laughs> boy. That's that's a, that's an answer you can't really be wrong with. Because, <laughs> you can't be wrong. Um, right. Those, both of those guys are you know just uh, amazing. But I, I'll say Brady because you're the quarterback. It's yeah. a quarterback driven league, and so much has to be built around that. Now, by the same token, yeah, those Giants defenses were built around Lawrence Taylor, but. Um, yeah, Brady is just something special, especially when you think about the 199th pick in the draft. It's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I don't think Bill gets enough credit, Jared, because get this, this coming weekend like it was last weekend, he's got four quarterbacks that he drafted that are going to be starting in the NFL. Mac Jones, Tom Brady, Jacoby Brissett, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you know, I know his drafts haven't been that hot over the last two years and two and a half years. Maybe you can even look back even in some of the picks that they've made with free agency. But, I mean, the guy knows quarterbacks, and I think he learned that lesson. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. He learned that lesson in Cleveland because of the whole Vinny Testaverde and Kozar deal. He waffled back and forth, and I thought he learned a massive lesson through that whole experience. And I think that ended up getting him fired in Cleveland. And I think he carried that over because he sees something in quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, Mac hasn't been spectacular, but his evaluation yeah. at that position, I don't think it gets enough love because four QB starting that he handpicked, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I hadn't thought about it. I mean, <clears throat> until you just pointed that out. But yeah, Jacoby is starting this week and, and Garoppolo and the whole thing. Um, you know, I think Belichick learned a whole lot. Um, in Cleveland, and that would be one of the, the lessons, right? Um, but knowing just kind of how this game has evolved, he obviously knew he had to have that guy. And, you know, you thought that, that maybe they had it in Drew Bledsoe before before, before Tom Brady, right? Um, so, yeah, you, you, you have to, you know, really respect that and some of the personnel moves and, and it's just, you know, developing these guys over the long haul. But um, – yeah, he can't really argue with that part of it. Now, now Mac Jones, um, you know, we'll see where this goes, right? But I, I think right now, if you look at it, you say he's the all-rookie quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the bar is very low. He's the only one who has won a game. But, I mean, it, it's something to work with. And I think as the season goes on, you know, maybe they'll position themselves to – to try to make make a run, a legitimate run at a playoff berth, with especially you know with the field being expanded now, an extra game, all of that. And the reason why I say that is if it's basically back to what I said before, the support. 
So the Patriots have a have a defense, okay, and all those guys who came back who weren't there, you know, last year having COVID opt-outs. Um, they don't really have a running game, but, you know, maybe it'll develop as time goes on. They've done that before as well, and uh, you can, can make a run for it. But, again, you know, just saying playoff spot, that would be a, a, a at this point winning season would be would be a big plus for them because they'll be one in three coming out of Sunday night. Two last questions for you here: Is Matt Nagy the right coach for Justin Fields in Chicago? No, 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 no. no. Um, you know, Matt Nagy's had a few guys to work with, right? And and you know, Nick Falls is still there um, as the number three guy, but Trubisky was there and now you bring in this this kid and th- there is no support there and and I saw it in a couple ways the other day hey you know the offensive line is a mess and you know Jason Peters for as great as he was for so many years with the Eagles he's not that guy anymore and now you put him there and you try to play Justin Fields in the same exact type of offense you've built for Andy Dalton, who's a totally different quarterback, um, you know, you're not giving that kid a chance. And we saw it the other day against Cleveland. Now, Cleveland and that defensive line is special anyway, but point being, it it may have been a lot of other teams that would have gotten nine sacks against him, especially with that offense. So did not see the creativity. This guy has had a long rope. Um, I, I think he's the you know, the, the, the coach whose seat is the hottest, whose fanny is the hottest on the hot seat right now. And I don't think a lot of people would disagree with me on that one. Okay. I always end with all of you guys like Jason Cole and Rick Gosselin and all those guys. And I always throw this out there to you guys. Mm. How is Roger Brown part of the fearsome foursome? One of the legendary players. And by the way, he just passed away. Mm. Um, a couple of weeks ago. How's that guy, a seven-time pro bowler, not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Yeah, you know, I, I think what happens a lot of times is that guys get overshadowed by other guys who are on their team who are Alex Karras. Yeah, in their own right. And, you know, you're talking about, you said fearsome foursome, right? And, yeah. you know, what do you think of <laughs> You think of Deacon Jones and Merlin, Merlin Olsen? Um, I think that's one of the reasons why it took Cliff Branch so long huh. to get into the Hall of Fame, because I think there, there may have been a tendency to say, well, Belitnikov's in there, Dave Casper's in there, um, another guy from the Raiders passing game. And so I think that's something that um, that hurts guys. And then once you get into the seniors category, which is like 20 years after you you, you were first eligible, it is so much more competition. You know, the Hall of Fame is a is a competition not for the players to do anything because they, they've done what they can do. But I, I say that from the standpoint of there are so many worthy candidates and, and sometimes it's not always apparent. It's easy to say, um, yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers won four Super Bowls and the Cowboys, it, well, and you can talk about the Cowboys too in the 90s, really. Um, you know, is, is Eric Williams that guy, you know, all, all of that, Nate Newton, you know, some of these guys who are obviously overshadowed by the star players. Um, Darren Woodson for the Cowboys, not in either. And he's been another guy who's been on the ballot. So I say all that to say that, you know, a, a guy like a Roger Brown 
could definitely be overlooked when you talk about the quality of the people that surrounded him. Well, I always do this for Doug Williams. I'm a gigantic HBCU guy, and so I'm always pushing them dudes. And, you know, I had Greg Coleman on with me, you know, a couple of months ago, and he, oh, I was yeah. so glad to see him get into the Hall of Fame too. I always tell people that HBCU Hall of Fame, I like mm. to line them guys up against the NFL guys <laughs> and, and put them some of them dudes that were in that hall versus uh-huh. that hall, man. I tell you, I'm all right with Walter Payton running the ball for me and Jackie Slater running and blocking for me. And, you know, I, I, I just love that Hall of Fame. Hey, Jarrett, um, my heart is my heart's with you. You know that I've been thinking of you for the last couple of weeks. And Thanks, um, man. I appreciate God that. bless you, man. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about you and your family through this time. Okay. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Hey, and thanks for having me, man. You're always good to visit. Okay. Thank you so much. Jared Bell from USA Today Sports. We'll take a time out. Get right back to you. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy, Dan. My Hurricanes tonight take on UVA. UVA. I think that's the University of Virginia. My day, that's roadkill. They're three-point 
favorites against Virginia. Thank you, Joey. I mean, really. So we'll see. Three-point favorites? That means it's a pick'em game to me. That's a pick'em game. I will be interested in seeing the young quarterbacks, though. Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow's got way more upside. I like that guy, man. You know what's funny about that, too? You know, we just got through talking about Justin Fields. How about the way Jarrett went after Matt Nagy saying he is not the right coach in Chicago? Okay, he is not the right coach for Justin Fields. Isn't that wild, though, that they went to Joe Burrow, Ryan Day and Urban Meyer, and told Joe Burrow, you're not good enough to start at Ohio State. Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields are better than you. I don't know, man. How about that? You're really going to try to tell me that Ryan Day and Urban Meyer, no quarterbacks? That's your evaluation? Telling Joe Burrow to go to LSU, and he goes there and he wins the Heisman in the national championship, and he's the number one pick, and he looks like he's got Cincinnati trending up. I mean, Matt Nagy and Justin Fields, you're going to have to fire the coach because everybody in Chicago was going to go like this. If you walk back and say, well, Justin's going to sit down. and Wow, Joey's got 38-30. Miami over UVA by eight. Well, okay, I'm open. But everyone in Chicago, remember, they were screaming in the uh, preseason going, God, oh, not Andy Dalton. Do you not see it? It's plain as day. Look at Justin Fields. He's the guy. And you're like, okay, well, he's playing against third teamers. And now when he got put into a position where he took on a great defense, Miles Garrett dragged that kid's ass down. Okay? Hey, look at this. Hater goes Haskins and Fields could throw the ball further. And Ohio State has track stars to wide receivers. Okay. But does that make him a good NFL prospect? Yeah, no, no, I see what you're saying, hater. You just throw the football up and let those guys go get it. That's exactly right. And that's what they see. Do you know what the people at Ohio State have traditionally done? They put the best athlete at that position instead of the best quarterback at that position. That's why nobody's ever panned out in the NFL. You ever notice that? Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's ever panned out from that college because of what I just said. They put athletes at the quarterback position. You think Tom Brady's like the greatest athlete or Peyton Manning or any of the traditional dropback guys? Of course they're not. They couldn't jump over a stack of quarters. And, but, you know, I mean, not everybody could do what Lamar Jackson's doing, lead the NFL in passing TDs and lead – like the NFL in rushing you know, yards per carry. Nobody's going to do that. You're not going to see that. He's an anomaly. He really is. He's an anomaly, man, because as gifted as he is as a runner, he's gifted also in the fact that he's developing into a passer too. He's a scary dude to defend. And if you give him any help running the ball, Man, you got, you got a special player, and that's why Baltimore will always be in every game. This guy's won 80% of his ball games. Has Lamar Jackson. 
But think of that for a minute. I mean, the Ohio State Buckeyes, they they told Joe Burrow, you're not the guy. The same way they told Russell Wilson at NC State, you're not the guy. He had a transfer, and he had to go, right? He had to go to Wisconsin. Led the team to, led the, team to the uh, Rose Bowl. Hey, smile, Arch Leister was, man. Had demons, though. Had gambling and drug issues. No, Art is probably one of the only quarterbacks ever to come out of Ohio State where you went, that guy's got a big gun. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, no, Art was a good player. I think he had a couple 10-1 and seasons under Woody. But he was a gambling demon, man, and that's ended up hurting him. All right. John Booty tomorrow with us. We're going to talk to the former Eagle, get his thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll set you up going into the NFL weekend and college football weekend. It's going to be a big – it's week four. This is a big week to tell us a little bit more about teams. Kansas City and Philly, that'll be a big one. Brady and Kansas City – I mean, Brady and the New England Patriots will be big. So that's a lot to hit on tomorrow. We will do that. Make sure you do this. Please like the show, that like button. Bang on it a little bit there for me if you missed any of the show. Go back and watch it a little bit later. Please share it, too. We really appreciate it. We will catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6. You keep it right here on the Jacob Media Channel. We'll see you on the flip side. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.